Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Beautiful late summer September day in Central PA. Sean Carey here, and Steve will be there in a few moments in the Sunbury Motors Studio, Sunbury Motors Ford Lincoln Hyundai, North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on the strip routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lots of ways to get in contact with us. Our email, stevejones at wkok.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle, at stevejonespsu. You can also subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play. Search Steve Jones Show. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll drop the shows right to your smartphone and tablet. And you can always access at least three months of previous shows by going to stevejonesshow.com. We'll be going to Beaver Stadium. This afternoon, give you an excerpt of today's James Franklin press conference from the media room as the Nittany Lions prepare to take on Pitt for the 100th time. This will be the fourth Penn State Pitt game in the last four years, wrapping up the four-year series. So that is coming up later. And also, we will have the voice of Pitt Panthers, football and basketball, and the voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bill Hillgrove, scheduled to join us live at 4.06 today here on WKOK. So we're with you live till 5, and we'll have the late-day news roundup. Sarah Lover will be at the anchor desk this afternoon and be with you till 6.30. Then we'll head to Citizens Bank Park for Phillies baseball tonight as the Braves look to keep their momentum going in Game 2 of this four-game series. After winning nine in a row, the Braves fell to Washington Sunday, but then rebounded last night, 7-2 victory over the Phillies, thanks to home runs by Ronald Acuna Jr. and Josh Donaldson. Braves have won 18 of their last 21. Wow, they're good. Yes. Brian McCann continues to be impressed with the They're good. The pitching staff. Wow. Balanced yeah. Atlanta lineup. Very, yeah. very impressive. Top of the lineup especially. You know what's interesting? Obviously, this is pit week, right? And we're going to hear from Bill Hillgrove at 406, which would be great to have Billy on. Um, we got Neil Coolong today. We got a lot of stuff today. A little bit of James's presser, too. Yep. Yeah, we got, well, we got a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll hear from, you know, at some point. Um, Tomorrow we'll hear from Tom Bahali. How about that? Love it. Yeah. About that. 
just, just stick with me. We'll be all right. <laughs> and then that's what you told me in 2016. Yeah. We're still here. Yeah, still here. Yeah. Do we have the round table, by the way, set up for Thursday? Do we have participants? Oh, you know for sure we do. Well, Wetzel will be there. No brainer. Showers will be there. Automatic. And now let's all play the same guessing game. Yes. Why don't we just have a fan on? Fan, I think the like the fan of the week would be more reliable. Or a Shikalemi graduate. Kyle Alexander is a Shik grad. Bone up on some football between. Now yeah. and Thursday at 3.35, he can share with us his stories while in high school the week leading up to Seals Braves. See, outstanding broadcaster who's reliable. Yep. Reliable. Sure is. Big word. All right. Actually, he's coming up on the second anniversary of joining us here at Sunbury Broadcast. It's great to have him here. Yeah, getting ready to dive into year three. Every time you and I see him, you and I ask him about his mom. Yeah. Third person comes over, doesn't even know she exists. I, I, it's like, it's just, it's sad. It is. I was talking to Joe Portelli today about our guy. Joey P. That is our guy. Right. He newly engaged Joey P. Right. Oh. What took him and so long? <clears throat> that's what I said. <laughs> I mean, Judy's a gem. Hello. She's over here. <laughs> Judy's a gem. She used to live in our neighborhood here. Yeah. yeah so I've known Judy for a long time. Um, so Penn State pits this week. And most of the press conference you're going to notice is dominated about the series, playing the game, and so forth. I got it. I understand that. It is interesting where the thought process in this game is completely... And this is somebody... I've traveled all over the state, obviously. I speak in Pittsburgh. I've spoken in Erie, Newcastle, Johnsonburg, St. Mary's, Sealands Grove, Williamsport, uh, Allentown, Philadelphia, Harrisburg. Um, did one in Franklin County one year. You know, Altoona. Lewis, Lewistown, you know, Lock Haven. I mean, I've, I've, these are all places I've spoken at over the years. If you are from Altoona West, this is, again, this is the general impression I've received from the fan base. If you are from Altoona West, you are obsessed with having Penn State play Pitt every year. Right? I completely understand that. That's perfectly fine. What's interesting, though, is that if you are east of Altoona, which includes, obviously, our area right here, I don't get that. Instead, I get... Gee, I wish they put another name back on the schedule. Do you ever hear that much about playing Pitt every year? I know I looked forward to it, you know, growing up as a kid. Um, yeah, but that's not what I asked. I know you didn't. Yeah, I mean, these days, I mean, uh, with living in Lock Haven, I don't, I don't get that feel. No, and no one has brought that concern up to me. I mean, people that are east of if they had to pick a team they want to play and get a series with, 
east of Altoona. I usually hear Notre Dame. I'd love to see Alabama back on the schedule. Well, yeah. I'd love to see a home-and-home with Alabama again, but that may not be till, you know, 2028, 2030 at the very earliest, maybe. Right. We'll see. But... But that's with the world we live in now with the college football playoff, just playing for those high stakes. Well, but again, the disparity in... See, Pitt has great flexibility. And I've said this, and when the Big Ten was still at eight games, I mentioned that there was... You had more flexibility. But the second the Big Ten went to nine games, all the flexibility went out the door. I'm playing this game. Well, we've brought up Iowa, Iowa State before, and uh, lo and behold, who's playing who this weekend? Those two teams. All right. And what's interesting about that game, that doesn't move the needle either. Um, I'll give you an example. You're like, oh, no, a pit, Penn State pit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Iowa, Iowa State doesn't move the national needle. Well, the ratings report for the weekend came out. And what was the ESPN primetime game last year on week two? It's Penn State pit at Heinz Field, right? What was the ESPN game in week two this year in primetime? LSU, Texas. Do you realize the ratings on LSU, Texas were 190% higher than Penn State Pitt last year? 190. I'm not making this number up. How does one come up with 190? You don't, you don't make that number up. The ratings on LSU, Texas were 190% higher than Penn State Pitt last year. Yeah, that was a lot closer game, too, this past Saturday night. Yeah, but the game at halftime last year was not a, was not the blowout. It became a blowout in the third quarter. Remember, the game at halftime was close. A hundred and ninety percent. I don't know if that ended. would that have a college game day effect to it? Do you think just with the fact that the, they hadn't been in Texas in ten years, and there was a lot of hype going into that game? Because I'm pretty certain last year, well, no, for sure last year they were not in Pittsburgh. Penn State, Penn, Penn State, Ohio State moves the needle. Yep. Right? Yep. Penn State, Michigan, what does that do? Moves the needle. Penn State, USC in the Rose Bowl moves the needle. Penn State, Washington in the Fiesta Bowl moves the needle. Penn State, Pitt. You want to know what one word a network executive used about this in terms of their ratings for the last two years? Lackluster was the word it was used. I'm just giving you the, quote, national perspective on it. I'm not giving you the backyard perspective. I'm not doing that. How is this game perceived in the big picture? It is a big game Saturday. It's a big game of the season Saturday for Penn State anyway. Because Penn State still has higher aspirations. 
So that makes it a big game. The fact that it's the last one with Pitt for a long time does make it a big game. It's a big game in the state, especially in the western part of the state. But again, it's also a big game for Penn State in the big picture. But that's that's I think people are shocked. I think I I feel like I shocked the system here by explaining the TV ratings on the game. Network people were not happy with the ratings two years ago here, and they they absolutely were not happy with the ratings last year. So that was probably the, the deciding factor moving it to a noon kick. Well, for ESPN, it is. ESPN, Michigan played in the noon spot on Saturday. ESPN, there are five day parts. Five day parts are four. Noon, 3.30, 7.30, 10.30. So there are four day parts between ESPN and Fox. ESPN won three of the four. Decidedly, by the way. They won 3.30. They won 7.30. And they won 10-30. Guess what? For the second straight week, guess which is the only one they didn't win? Noon. Fox has put a lot into making its noon game for them the game. You know, they put an entire uh, press blitz about noon kickoff. Right? So to Fox, it's a big deal. ABC's got the Penn State pick game. Now, it was also, I don't know whose turn it was to select. And I have no idea what Fox has for their game this week. None. But I just find that interesting. ESPN Game Day has been winning by a 2-to-1 margin at minimum over the Fox pregame show in the 11 to noon hour. So they've been winning by 2 to 1. But then when the game comes on at noon, Fox has been winning by a really good margin at noon. And then ESPN wins all the other day parts by a wide margin. It's fine. I'm just yeah, I'm just telling you that's what's going on. First 2 weeks. I mean, I'm not trying to be negative about this thing. I'm trying to be realistic about where does this game... This game is really important for Penn State. It's really important for Pitt. But where does it register on the national level? And the game is not registering quite the way some people think. The 12 noon Saturday game opposite of Pitt-Penn State will be Ohio State at Indiana. That's right. I read that. Okay, you're right. So, yeah, Ohio State will be the uh, noon game on Fox here two of the last three weeks. It's also a conference game. Yep. All right. Come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hey, come closer. Word has it Sunbury Motors is preparing for their biggest truck sale ever. 
Pick from Central PA's largest selection of new Ford trucks with savings up to $16,350 during Sunbury Motors' massive September truck and SUV sale. Over 45 2019 Ford Escapes starting at just $18,180. Four-wheel drive 2019 Ford EcoSports are slashed to as low as $17,320. SMC has up to eight grand off 2019 Ford Edges and up to a whopping $13,000 off Ford Expeditions. All clearly marked with these huge discounts. Maybe you'd better pull over and write this down. The hot, all-new 2019 Ford Ranger has discounts up to $6,500. And Sunbury Motors has 2019 Ford F-150 crew cabs slashed to just $32,909. That's a lot of slashing. SMC is where you want to be right now for the largest truck and SUV sale in Sunbury Motors' 104-year history. Hurry while supplies last, but don't tell anyone. The Penn State Nittany Lions play on WKOK. Play action, steps up, waits, delivers long and deep. K.J. Hamler got it at the 10, inside the 5, first and goal. Nittany Lions, what a throw, what a catch. Penn State football is sponsored by Sunbury Motor Company, Shade Mountain Winery, WNL Subaru, Turbanville National Bank, Zimmerman Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Truck. Check out the Penn State football schedule on WKOK.com. whether the game moves the needle or not on TV is, in the end, an interesting point that we'll talk about more next week. But the game itself is a big game for Penn State, and James Franklin wants the home field advantage to be the home field advantage. Let's face it, you're going you know, to have to shoehorn people in for this game. Now it's noon, so maybe the shoehorning of the student t- uh, section could take a little longer <laughs> to load up. But he wants a real home field advantage. And he says that, uh, he said, quote, we need everyone in the state to feel that 110,000. We need that stadium rocking on Saturday at noon like no stadium has ever rocked before. Hey, it's one of the great things about playing at home is that you have your fan base. And... It is. Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot. Maybe I can tell you this game means a lot, a lot to Jack. I know that he's talked about it. I've received emails from a couple lettermen about it. It, it, it's interesting. They were asking James Day about the preparation for the game and so forth. Like, you're going to do more or do extra. And I think that's what sometimes people don't understand. It's a big game, yes. But there's also a way to get ready for any game that you have to stick to. And I talk about that in what I do. I mean, I've got, I have to do a game every week. I prepare the game myself every week the exact same way. Why? Because it works. Now, do maybe, maybe I watch a little extra tape? Yeah, I might. 
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. And Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. In the next half hour... One of the true legends of our profession, Bill Hillgrove, not only the voice of the Steelers, but also the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Pitt Panthers. Earlier today, James Franklin met with the media. Also, Neil Kulong, by the way, in the final half hour, it's going to be more of a therapy session for Neil, I believe, to talk about the Steelers' loss to the Patriots. And me, me too, so we can all... Move ahead to week two. For you and Neil, not for me. I'm like, hey, whatever. Oh, no, no, not for you for sure. But, I, 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 hey, I put in perspective. It's like even though I picked the Steelers in the pick segment last week because I can't pick the Patriots because every time I do, it doesn't work out for me. Um, they, they just didn't have a shot Sunday night. You know, put the banner up, prime time, Brady at home. Oh, well. The, okay, the banner doesn't win any games. Brady does. He sure did. Yeah. Oh, they're putting the banner up. Really? Is the banner coming down from the ceiling to, to win for you? Or what's going to do? The bottom line is, New England's just flat out better than Pittsburgh. Bottom line is, I just don't want Seattle out there with as many crossing patterns as uh, Brady threw on Sunday night. We could be in They trouble. did throw a few. Yeah, they threw a few. Yeah. yeah. All right, earlier today, James Franklin was asked 1,228 questions about the Penn State Pitt series ending. It used to seem to me, at least, like the conventional wisdom was about the offensive line was you find your best five and you get them out there together. Now I'm getting the feeling, not just with Penn State, with college football, you, you want to play, maybe play more offensive linemen and worry about matchups because defensive lines are running guys in and out of the game. Is that, is that changing a little bit, and is it changing the way you and Matt manage that group a little bit? That's a good question. I, I would say it really just matters more about um, where is your sixth, seventh, eighth off lineman if if you look at your sixth and seventh offensive lineman like we have um with a combination that we have with the des holmeses and and um the rasheed walkers um and the will fries of the world and then inside uh with gonzo and and we look at all those guys as starters then we want to play them they've they've earned that they they deserve that um but if you're in a situation where there's a significant drop-off, then you want, obviously, to roll with your five as much as you possibly can. Um, I also think the continuity of how those five guys have to work together is really different than, than almost any other position. Corner safeties have to work together, uh, yeah, but you're not talking about all four DBs having to be, you know, exactly on the same page. Um, you know, with the offensive line, all five have to be playing as one. So it is a little bit different, I think, at that position. Um, guys may argue that, but but I believe that. So um, I think you'll see us rotating those guys in because they've earned it, and we think that those guys go in and play at a high level and help us win. Um, so that's that. There's going to be years where hopefully you got five um, that can play long. Some years you're going to have seven. Some years you may have nine or ten. Um, you know, we'll just we'll take it on a case by case, and it will be person 
um, you know, to, to make those decisions. Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune. And, and the other thing I apologize, Donnie, is, is I think Caden uh, Wallace can factor into that too as the year goes on i don't know if he's patient right now as those other two are but i i hope by the midpoint of the season um he is um you know a similar conversation as other guys sorry about that donnie hey, hey donnie hey, are you happy with how the the running back rotation has looked so far and and, and what's going to be the key for ricky slate to be more of a factor moving forward yeah, it, um, we felt like I said. I think during um, camp and and media days, guys that we have four guys that we think that we can play with and, and win with. Obviously, in week one, you saw a lot of flashes in that. Week two, we didn't see that as much. Um, again, it's not just the run, the O line. It's the tight ends. It's all of it. Um, it's all those things factoring in together. Um, that picture is cleared up um, a whole lot more than it than it than it's been in the first couple. I think you'll see all four of those guys play on Saturday, and we're excited about all four of their futures. Corey Geiger, Elton Amir. Hi, James. How are you? Good, Corey. How are you? Can you evaluate what you saw the improvement from start one to start two for Sean Cliff, just in terms of his confidence and, and being able to control uh, all the things he needed to control. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if it was dramatic. I just keep seeing him get better, get more confident, uh, get more relaxed, um, you know, get more assertive in some areas. Um, and I think you're just going to see him because the way he approaches things, him and, and Will Levis, are just going to continue to get better. It's going to be gradual. Um, obviously, the area that jumps out to all of us, um, us as coaches, uh, our quarterbacks as, as well as the media, um, is third down. You know, we 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 got to be better on third down on both sides, offensive uh, and defensive. Uh, we got to be. Uh, I think a good thing is we've been as one of the most explosive uh, offenses in the country. You know, the best offenses are getting explosive plays on first and second down. But for us to take the next step, we need to continue to be explosive on first and second down, and be more down. Um, and then and then and then we'll be you know really difficult to deal with. Hey, James, how are you? Good, Mark. Uh, could you t tell us uh, where Pat, Pat Fryermuth is at this point of his career, the middle of last year toward the end of last year? It seemed like he had a played a real key factor game. Over yeah, he's, um, he's a very mature kid. Um, he's one of those guys that has earned the respect of his teammates, but he's really also aligned with the coaches in terms of um, you know what we want, what we expect, how we want the culture driven. Um, he has he's comes from a coaching family, so I think that that factors into it as well. Um, but he's been he's been really good. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's leaner, he's more athletic, um, he's quicker, he's faster, um, all those types of things, and he's confident. Part of playing faster is not just that his body fat is dropped, um, but it's also because he's confident in what to do and how to do it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very pleased with him. We, we obviously feel like we got uh, one of the best, best tight end in college football, and I think that will continue to grow. Uh, and really that unit, that, that group, we think is fantastic. And I think the thing about him um, is he does both things where you're going to find some tight ends that may put up gaudy numbers um, in the past game, but they're not the same type of player um, 
you know, in 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 the run game, um, where I think I think he's uh, pretty unique. Uh, we're pretty excited about him. James, what's the uh, challenges of a new kickoff from a recruiting perspective, and how can a weekend like this, when you expect to have 107, 110,000 people here, impact recruit to do get to visit? Obviously, I think an ideal situation um, for us, for college football, for the Big Ten, for this town, um, is to have as many three three thirty games and seven o'clock games as possible. I just think it's it's good for the Big Ten. I think it's good for college football. I know it's good for this town. Um, it just makes it easier for people to get here. But our, we have such a passionate base. They'll be no matter what. Um, but obviously, it takes it takes it takes a different plan. Either you're going to have to come in the night before, or you're going to have to get up real early in the morning. Um, and then, to your point with with recruiting, um, you know, obviously, you know, kids come, parents come, high school coaches. Um, they feel the electricity. They feel the energy in the stadium. Um, they see guys making big plays on the field and having fun and enjoying their teammates and their coaches and playing an exciting style of football. Um, all those things factor in, and people want to be a part of that. People want to be a part of this this um, this fan base. People want to be a part of this community. Um, all those things factor in. Um, you know, how the young man at the hospital has been treated all week long. Um, you know, we take a lot of pride in those things, how our fans support and, and, and never boo. Um, all those things factor in. They factor in how people feel about Penn State, how they feel about Happy Valley, um, you know, all those, all those things. It's amazing when we played USC in the Rose Bowl. I want to bring that up because I know that game didn't end exactly the way we all like it to end. But you know where I got probably more emails than anything else since I've been here is when the USC got hurt on the field and our all our players surrounded him and took a knee. How many emails I got from people all over the country that are college football fans, how many USC fans and administrators reached out about that sign of respect um, you know, from our team. So this is a place that winning is important, at, but this is a place that it's so much more than winning. It's about the academics. Uh, this is not a win-at-all place. This is a place that is going to do it and do it the right way. Um, and I think that's, that's what's made this place special for over 100 years. And that's what will continue to make this place special. And I think, I think sometimes we probably need to be reminded of that. Um, we're different, you know, and, and we always be uh, from, from that perspective. James, uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the challenge of defending or slowing Maurice French from Pittsburgh, not only as, as a receiver, but also in the return game. Yeah, he's a dynamic player. We recruited him. Uh, he's a dynamic player. He's had a great career there. Um, I think in a lot of ways, the way he goes, um, you know, he's a, he's a momentum guy for him. He's an, an impact guy on, on offense and special teams in a lot of ways like KJ is for us. Um, so yeah, we, we have to know where he is. Um, it's a great challenge. We try to identify guys each week on, on defense. Here, here are a few guys that we know if we're not aware of where they're at, they can have a, you know, significant impact in the game on special teams, who those players are. Same thing on defense. You know, our offense is saying, who are the guys that we better have a plan for, whether it's a defensive end, whether it's a D tackle, whether it's a 
corner or whatever it is, you better have an awareness of those who those guys are, um, and you better have a plan for them. And and he's one of those guys, there's no doubt about it. It's not just about the scheme and scheme alone. It's personnel and scheme. And a lot of times it, it, it probably is or should be more about the personnel. Hey, Coach, how are you? Good, how are you, John? I'm good. He, um, you know, you've talked about this in the past, having family, that, having family in western Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. growing up in eastern Pennsylvania, you know, being a kid, you know, when you were a kid, this rivalry was at its zenith. You know, what does it mean, you know, what does it mean to you? Or what are your memories from it? Yeah, you know, the, again, the hard part is when I really got into college football, I mean, really got into it, watching it and studying it and things like that. When I was young, I was a go out and play all day, not really sit in and watch and watch uh, sports. Um, this game, you know, again, you, you got to remember, most of our players before, you know, the last four years had never even seen, you know. You know, so, um, you know, for me, Lee, um, I grew up just outside of Philadelphia, but my dad uh, is a Hildrecht. Um, um, all my Thanksgivings, all my Christmases, most of my st- summers were spent there. Um, my my grandfather um, um, uh, drove a jitney. Um, he cleaned out a historical jazz bar at night called the Crawford Grill every night, uh, which is a famous famous there anymore uh in the hill like it was uh my best friend comes up to every single game uh keith gardner um i i call him mighty you guys have probably seen him around i literally didn't know his name for probably 15 years i thought it was mighty um my cousin karen works at pitt uh, works on on pitt's campus um so I got a lot of ties there, um, you know, in that in that in that part of the state, and specifically in that city. Um, you know, I remember I remember being in the Veterans Hospital, overlooking the stadium, looking in the stadium when the stadium was on campus. Um, you know, so yeah, there's there's a lot of history. Uh, there's a lot of history, you know, with you know, with these two schools, uh, obviously with this state. Um, and I got tremendous respect uh, for the University of Pittsburgh, for their program, for their history, all the great players that they've had come out of there. Um, I also think there's aspects, and people say, ah, that's college football. I think there's also aspects of this game that bring out the worst of both of both um, you know fan bases and and populations. Um, and and I know some people may say that's good. I don't. I don't know if that's good. I think. I think we can have a great game without all that other stuff. Um, so you know, we're looking forward to playing the game on Saturday. But there's no doubt about it. I got. I got friends and family that are that are going to be going back there. But I also got friends and family. I'll admit that this game they support Penn State, but but the rest of the year they're they're going to support Pitt. You know, which we, uh, you know, I, I'm 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 perfectly fine with people supporting their hometown team um i you know jamal griffin who used to work here i make fun of him all the time because like he literally every sport he's got a different team in a different part of the country like he's from baltimore his football team was the cowboys had never been to dallas in his life but that like, that was his team um i'd make fun of him and say lakers was his basketball but it wasn't but you know i i think i think you know you support you support your instinct hey james you mentioned how explosive you you've been especially on first and second down how do you wanting to take shots and wanting to be explosive uh versus you know 
depending on schedule and uh, I guess just the philosophy of how many shots you want to take in a game and how does Ricky's personality as yeah. a play caller kind of factor into all that? I think that's a really good question uh, because I will tell you that's how most coaches were probably raised in the industry is schedule. Uh, unless you come from certain family trees, most most people were about staying on schedule, creating manageable third down situations. What are you trying to do on first down? I'm trying to get four, trying to get on second down. I'm trying to get half so I can create manageable situations. What am I trying to do on third, third down? Obviously convert, fourth down, convert, ultimately score touchdowns, be efficient in the red zone, all those types of things. Um, but I think as people have really got into analytics, studying what is the most impactful thing to to winning football games uh there are two stats that dramatically are ahead of everything else and that's creating space on offense it's eliminating explosive plays on defense and it's the turnover battle um those two things in the old days what was the other one that everybody talked about time of possession well that has shown to not really been as big of a factor, um, you know, uh, when it comes specifically to the greatest impact on winning. So, you know, I think it's changed. People were raised on staying on schedule, um, but the reality is, you you better be aggressive. You better push the ball down the field. Um, there's a fine line to those stats because I think some of those analytics people tell you you should go for every single fourth and one whether you're on the minus one or the um so you know there's I, I think like i've told you guys before i, I think it is a valuable piece of information but what it is it's a piece of information it's not the end all be all james franklin we'll come back with more in a moment on news radio 1070 wkok for nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal, home, and auto, or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Bill Hillgrove coming up in the next half hour. Talk mostly about Pitt, but maybe a little bit about the Steelers. We're going to have to get something in there about the Steelers. And then Neil Kulong in the final half hour. And to be honest with you, that will not be pretty. It just won't be. What was your team thinking? He may have, Neil Kulong may have turned the game off quicker than I did on Sunday night. I made it through three quarters. You quitters. Hmm. You quitters. Wow. No shot. No shot. I can't believe how much you guys gave up. I gave up when Mike Tarico said, we'll see you later. That was in the pregame show. I was going to say, <laughs> the commercial break at 8-10. <laughs> Carrie Underwood is next. Okay, and we're done. Joan, and Joan Jett this year. Yeah, that that's a big boost. Well, sure. Um, I love rock and roll, 1982. The biggest anthems in music history.
it doesn't move the needle. That was kind no of biased. Offense. I was in high school back then, so no offense a... to no offense to Joan Jet, but it doesn't move the needle. <laughs> Just doesn't. I'm sorry. But yeah. Uh yeah, so as Mike Tarico said, Carrie Underwood is next. I'm like, okay, well, what else is on? Another James Bond marathon found. No, another triple, uh, another triple Mission, decker. No, Mission Impossible Fallout. It was very good. Yeah. Because I figured that it really mirrored the Steelers game. It was Mission Impossible, and there was a lot of fallout. Sure was. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Sam Ficken is the new kicker of the New York Jets. For the Jets, this will be their fourth kicker since the start of training camp. But Sam Ficken is now a New York Jet. He is now their kicker. The Saints game was remarkable last night. But again, I don't understand. At the end, now I know you can call a timeout. You got a timeout. But why did the Texas guy jump? I'm the Saints player at the end. Just stand up, stand near him. Don't touch him. The clock will run out. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.